Hey, this is Glenn, and today on Infants on Thrones, I sit down once again with psychotherapist Josh Neal. That I got influenced by some Instagram influencers that said it's really good to get sunlight on your balls. And so this is... <laughs> to continue a series of reflective discussions about what our ongoing experience with the Mormon faith crisis has been teaching us about our own mental health, vulnerability, authenticity, acceptance of reality, and the power that we all have to create emotional well-being through all of it. The idea of salvation and salvation now, to me, is accurate. Once you are on a process that is the correct process for you, you're, you're saved in the sense that it's not the outcome that you're waiting for to get deliverance. It's the process provides the salvation already. And once mm -hmm. engaged in the process, then you're good and the journey will be what the journey is. You're gonna encounter different different setbacks, you know? And and I, as much as I wanna believe like I'm I'm trying to be as, as practiced in my stoicism as possible, I absolutely know there are things that I'm attached to that would be, I would see as bad if I lost them, which is not the stoic practice. Now, if you find yourself on a similar journey and you're looking for someone to help you along the way, you can find Josh at Capitol Hill Therapy in Seattle, Washington, and you can find me right here at infantsonthrones at gmail.com. And if you appreciate the work that I'm doing here, please come and support the podcast on Patreon. And now, this is Infants on Thrones. Baby steps. Who wants someone to preach to? The philosophies of men. I like magical toys. Who wants religion to? Mingled with humor. I don't believe in them. There will be many willing to preach to you the philosophies of men mingled with humor. We are evolving. Baby steps. You can buy in this world of money. the good in everything look for the people who will set your soul free it always seems impossible until it's done look for the good in everyone all right josh welcome back it's nice to nice to see your uh, beautiful smiling face here today <laughs> So here's what I've got planned for us okay. today, and I'm springing this on you without knowing anything about it, and I hope this is going to be fun. The first conversation that you and I had, I published in uh, mid-October, I think it was, 2023, and uh, we talked about Bob's Mormon cred scale, and I decided to republish Bob's Mormon cred scale, and I did that on October 30th. I know because I just looked it up because I was trying to get the stats for it. Because Bob's Mormon Cred Scale, I think it was originally created in 2014 and it had like 8,000 downloads. And I've been shocked. It's still quite popular. I I get like two or three emails a day from somebody that's stumbling across this podcast, finding that and filling out Bob's Mormon Cred Scale. And it's so funny to like read through the comments. <laughs> But it makes me want to create something that's like more reflective of kind of where the podcast is now than where it was in 2014. And I was thinking about like a mindfulness cred score or something or like a kind of like a be here now in the moment kind of cred skill. So that's what that's our our, our thing today, Josh. We're going to hammer out. The new cred scale, the new cred scale. And what, the, like, what is it? If whether it's a 
gestalt cred scale or it's a something some kind of cred scale that's more current it makes me just think about um what draws people to this kind of a thing and and using myself as an example i want to rank as highly as possible on the mormon cred scale like if i think about taking it i think i want to be like I never got to like bishop or higher so I know I'm outranked by people that are probably taking it I I I I, I haven't taken it but I want to take it oh you and never took the I, the I, Bob's I never, Mormon I, cred scale I never took it I I will take it I will do it um but I I just I'm thinking about in-group and out-group dynamics and I'm thinking about how people want degrees or some sense of authority or recognition um and i'm thinking about like even boy scouts and like tenderfoot second class first class star life eagle like these different ranks yeah. just ranking systems actually right i'm, I'm thinking about the draw to a, a system that r gives you rank and credit for what you've done or been through so like how much did the Mormon church extract from me? <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, I got to say again, I, 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 it's a tongue in cheek cred scale, you know, like it, it was born out of douchey judgment, um, you know, of feeling like we had more cred, like it, like yeah. for some reason it, uh, we were in a greater, more privileged, uh, valuable position to be able to critique the Mormon church compared to somebody that had only been in for two years, you know, well, and that, there's that's truth why to this, this is the thing, <laughs> like you're taking it from the angle of like, I don't know, self-depreciation, which is one of your most. Well, yeah. Yeah. It was like a, a, that instinct in ourselves that is like what you were saying. Like, I want the rank, I want the validation, I want this. Yeah. And I, I want to make fun of that impulse right. in myself, you know? So and, like, that's what I mean by I tongue in cheek. want to join it and validate it. Yeah. <laughs> At least, at least I say that playfully, but I, I am yeah. serious to some degree, which is like when I was uh, years back, I was involved in these little panels for um, the Penny Arcade Expo or PAX West, where it's a big gaming convention. And my friend Stacy Weber got me involved in doing these panels where we were discussing different topics in the gaming world. And I came across this idea where people who played candy crush on their phone wanted to call themselves gamers mm. and they're comparing themselves to people that are playing like counter-strike <laughs> where they've been playing that game for a decade and they can literally pixel point precision headshot yeah. on repeat people in a way that there's a difference in skill there there's an actual reality and it got me thinking of like we're actually those really aren't the same thing. Like somebody who likes mindless entertainment versus somebody who's dedicated hours and hours and hours and hours and like some level of just hyper focus to get to the place where they can achieve something in a gaming that like 0.0001% of the population can do. I was just like, I actually, I'm on the side of the bullies now. Like That's I so get funny. why they don't want to be affiliated with the people that, want to be included who can't do what they do and aren't doing what they're doing. Yeah. So anyway, it's, it's like, it's like the Christians that don't want to let Mormons into the Christian club. 
I'm with them. Yeah. And, and as a, Keep and, us out. and now I am, I get it. But like, as a Mormon growing up, I'm like, but we believe in Christ. It's in our name. Look, we're a church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Of course we're Christians. Come on. And they're like, no, you're not because you believe that the devil is the brother yeah. of Jesus. And they've got this whole list of reasons why yeah. you're not. So it is like this uh, us yeah. versus them in and in out groups, in, in group, group out, out groups and how they're validated and what they're validating and the different angles everyone has and honestly like my i'm kind of playing switzerland here but i can see every angle of this yeah i i can see the point to be made for the ones wanting to be included i can see the points for those wanting to exclude i can see how people set this up and i guess what's interesting to me at the base of this is you've introduced it and i'm just kind of here spitballing with you is what's coming up for me is people's desire to be understood and recognized and to have some sense of just recognition for what their experience is and and who and what they are and yeah. to be and wanting a desire to have that reflected accurately by others and then we get into group dynamics so that's kind of what just comes up offhand um when i think about the cred scale because what i relate to is i actually just what comes up is i would love to get as much mormon cred as possible and lord it over anybody that thinks that they could talk Mormonism better than me. Yeah. So what's, what's that thing now? Like, is it, cause <laughs> is it still the Mormonism thing or the gamer thing or no. the like Christian thing? Like what, what's the thing that you want to compare yourself to other people to show that you're a lot better than them <laughs> <laughs> where there's like quantifiable evidence that yeah. shows superiority well, certain, right here. There's certain areas where it, no longer needs rank because it's demonstrable. And there's yeah. two places in my life where I would love to put on a demo of my superiority. And one, <laughs> one, <laughs> one is in the gym because yeah. if you can lift that weight, you can lift that weight. And if you can't, you can't, there yeah. is no rank you want. And in my gym, my gym is amazing. There are athletes in there that blow me away. They just, inspire me they're incredible they are dedicated they've worked so long to be able to do what they can do and as a result you see people squatting three four five hundred pounds like i've seen that in my gym hmm. that's just insane and if you and then you get under the bar and you're doing what you know for me what i think is pretty reputable which is probably you know 275 285 i got to a little bit of higher numbers but those are about where I'm like pushing myself to my limit somewhere around those numbers on squat. And then you see someone just throw on 500 and you're just like, there's an acknowledgement of that. So that's an area where in athletics and in music, people can do what they can do and there's no faking it. You're just showing each other what you got. You know, a third place that I don't even, and actually this gets to a different thing is, is Showing up as you are and showing what you can do is something that I treasure and I treasure places where you can do that. One of them is this nude beach that I hang out at. And I spend a lot of time at this nude beach, just healing my Mormon trauma and connecting to nature and just being with people and just getting really comfortable in my own body. And uh, that's a place where you're just showing up and being and there's no hiding. It's your body is your body. And you're showing what you got. There's no arguing for rank. It's like you're showing who and what your body is. And so that and in music and in weightlifting or any athletic endeavor, 
you're just kind of showing up with what you got. And it, it there's something beautiful about it where in all three of those areas, I've realized like people gravitate around respecting each other for just being there. And you don't get as much of this other thing, which is trying to outrank each other because like last night I was at a jazz performance and I'm a new jazz bass guitarist. I'm extremely new to it. Everyone was so encouraging. Everyone was so supportive and kind. And I'm just there doing my best and they're seeing what I can do and they're supporting it. And I feel that feeling at the nude beach and I feel that feeling at the gym. And those are places where I love to show up as awesomely as I can. So, wow, there's, there's a lot. I don't know if we're ever going to get to creating this uh, cred cred scale now. Because I think like, our cred scale is going to send a picture of your naked body in and we'll have AI rate it. Yeah, I, that doesn't sound appealing to me whatsoever. <laughs> Not at all. Hold but on, I got to open my window. I'm getting hot as hell in here. The sun's shining in. All right. So there's a lot. A lot just came up. Yeah. You know, of, of those three areas, like... I don't spend any time in the gym, never really have. And mm -hmm. so that intimidates me. Mm -hmm. Nude beach, uh, sorry, no, not interested. That like scares the shit out of me. Uh, music, nice, I like it. But I would feel really uncomfortable doing what you did, uh, surrounding yourself with people that are like much better than you and trying to keep up and, you know, yep. doing your best with it. Yeah, we, And I, for, and I admire you for all three of those things. Well, for our listeners, we, uh, Glenn and I discussed that all these jazz musicians, just for context, they're really more advanced than me. They're very good. And I'm pushing myself at my limit to develop, to be able to hang with them. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I, I was just noticing <laughs> my own reaction as yeah. you were describing yeah. each one yeah. of those things yeah. and, and thinking, boy, I, I, like, I admire that you're able to go to a nude beach and just be very accepting of yourself and of everybody else that you're seeing there. Yeah. I think I would be so uh, comparing myself to others, feeling inadequate in so many ways that yeah. I wouldn't be able to enjoy myself at all. And that is interesting to me. <laughs> Yeah, because it's this set of programs that I'm carrying around where yeah. I can't help but compare myself to others. I can't help but do all this judging. Right, right. And, you know, like we've talked in our previous conversations about this goal of tranquility and mm -hmm. being self-regulating in the moment. So like if mm -hmm. I said, okay, I'm going to get over, I'm, I'm going to do some exposure therapy <laughs> at a nude beach. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like literal exposure <laughs> right. therapy. It's so funny. And uh, I just, I, I, I don't know that that would be uh, good for anybody, but what would that experience be like? Uh, and so it made me wonder what, what was it like for you? Like maybe, maybe you're not quite wired the way that I am, but when you first went to a nude beach, did you find it uncomfortable? Were you like comparing yourself, doing those things that I think that I would be doing there? And did you find that over time that went away or did you have to like develop a certain degree of acceptance before you even went and tried this thing or any of these things that you're talking about? Because for me, my own uh, proclivity to judge and uh, ridicule uh, 
keeps me from going and from entering those areas. And I think yeah. has for a lot of times in my life, places I just won't go and do things because of these insecurities I'm lugging around. Right. Well, I'm actually thinking about your question um, and trying to reflect on where I was at mentally when I first went. Like, I'm trying to think, when was the first time I went? And I'm also realizing, so during the pandemic, my whole life, one thing is I've always been very um, involved in athletics my whole life. So I I actually didn't appreciate that. It didn't even occur to me that that was something that isn't standard issue for people. I kind of narcissistically just assumed other people had the relationship to their body that I have um, until I in, until I, I it occurred to me that there's you know, just people of wildly different experiences in what their relationship is to themselves and their body and, and even just their sensory awareness of their body and their posture and how they feel, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So people who practice yoga or athletics or whatever, they're constantly developing an observing relationship to their body that starts to change the dynamic. So first off, there are certain ways that I just am based on these things that I've always done. I was always in some sport. I never I think there was one year of school where I wasn't in a sport of some kind. What what uh, sports did you gravitate towards? I did wrestling in third grade, in 10th grade, third grade, seventh grade, and 10th grade, I wrestled um, for many different years. Uh, seventh grade, uh, eighth, ninth, and 10th grade, I did football junior year i did ice hockey which was awesome i loved mm. that and then my senior year i didn't play a sport but i was lifting weights all the time with mm. my friends i was always lifting weights and we were always like doing it like total teenage bros like eating protein powder like it was steroids and yeah. then pretending like that made us stronger immediately even though it has nothing to do with it and then just like just lifting until your arms were dead and you couldn't move them and like that kind of thing so very unenlightened version of it, but yet still an expression of like, that was just something we always did. Like my friends and I were always working out together. Like my whole senior year, we were always, we had this, we lived in this loft. I lived with my friend, Johnny Williamson. I didn't live with my parents my senior year. And we lived in this loft together with him and his little brother. And there was a stairwell that went up to the spiral. And at the top, it had like a guardrail on it. And we would get up and just do dips and just go and go and go and go and go until we couldn't go. And I was doing pull-ups and dips and sit-ups and running. And we were always running everywhere. Anyway, just always in our bodies. This is just how I grew up. I grew yeah. up always physically in my body, moving, playing, swimming, biking, running, lifting, all that stuff. So that experience is something I think I really took for granted and I didn't realize had such a big impact on how I relate to my own body, but it's mm. usually been that I'm somewhat fit for mm. my age. Like I've usually been physically fit. Um, and during the pandemic, I started, I I've done triathlons as well. I've done um, Olympic distant triathlons where you swim a mile, uh, bike 25 miles and run a 10 K I've done, a, a few of those. Um, and so during the pandemic, when all the gyms closed down, I wanted to do something to be in my body and to be exercising. And uh, 
I started doing some light triathlon training, got back on the bike, was just doing some alternating biking, jogging and swimming and stuff. And then winter came and I just didn't really get the motivation to go out. And I just thought, you know, why don't I go back to my weightlifting? It's been so long since I've done that. And at this time, I'd already developed some sense as a yogi. Like I, I practice yoga as a very light practitioner, but I understand its philosophy and I'm familiar with most of the general poses. And for me, primarily what yoga is about is it's about presenting you a series of poses that op that that present an opportunity of a difference between you and how you normally hold your body. And in that difference, while breathing and paying attention to breath, you allow your body to move toward the position or towards the pose and you encounter your body in a new way through the pose. It facilitates an encounter for you to gain awareness of how your body is. And then you breathe, relax, and hold. And over time, you gain more room, agency in your body. But primarily, you're developing a relationship with your body, which is knowledge of how it feels to be living in your body and being in it and breathing. And so when I... When I came to this decision to start lifting weights, I only had very light weights available to me. All the gyms were closed and I didn't have heavy weight. I only had a 20 pound dumbbell set, uh, a 15 pound dumbbell set, I think, or 10 pound and then a five. So it was like 20, 10 and five. And I just looked up, actually, I encountered this video by PewDiePie. He's a YouTuber and he talked about his weightlifting journey. And he talked about some of the philosophy behind how he approached it. And it inspired me to do this five-day dumbbell workout routine. Anyway, I'd started doing that and I was meditating daily and I was like taking cold showers. I was doing all these wellness things and just really trying to develop my connection to myself. And it was at that point that I got influenced by some Instagram influencers that said it's really good to get sunlight on your balls. And so this is... <laughs> uh, okay. That just reminded me of an episode of Party Down where Steve Gutenberg gets in a hot tub nude and he goes, the bubbles feel amazing on your balls. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So so this is where the confluence of these things combine. So I'm on this wellness thing, just trying to survive COVID. I'm back lifting and I'm feeling great, by the way, because I'm applying a yoga mindset, which is the weights represent an opportunity for me to encounter a difference through a movement with resistance on that movement that's meant to... to provide an opportunity to become more connected to my body, to dissolve time and self and just bring myself to a meditative sensation. So that's how I was lifting. I was lifting from that mindset. I wasn't having negativity or a bad ethos. I was having a very good ethos. I also- You were in time, pursuit I'd, of your own personal health. And 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 establishing a, a, a more enlightened connection to my being through- Do, these, Doing things that you enjoyed, that, doing things like I you enjoyed. embodied, it felt yep. good. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it felt incredible because the thing I realized is by having the very light weight that I had, yeah. I could only focus on form and I couldn't do, I couldn't commit bad habits like ego lifting or doing ridiculous things that I maybe might've done in the past. And the resulting sensations in my body after these light workouts was like, I was high. I was just mm. like, and I was like, wow, I actually love this. This is something that I I trained myself to love and I would like write stuff on my hands every time to motivate myself. 
And like, I would, I would journal and I would write crazy stuff in these journals while I was lifting. And I also was periodically smoking a lot of weed while I was lifting at times. So some of these were like really high and I was having like kind of profound moments of self-discovery and also um, healing moments. And anyway, I was doing all this stuff. There's, there's just so much that went up to the point where I was finally willing to go just do what I did to be naked at this beach. But um, the influencers got me and they were talking about beef liver and uh, sunlight on your balls and uh, going more to like an ancestral diet, which I, I totally bought into and still kind of do. Do, do um, you take those ancestral supplements? It's like the beef liver and the heart. Yeah. Organ. I'm eating the beef do liver. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I don't know if it's making a difference, but it's not hurting. And anyway, I'm 39 and I feel like I put on more muscle mass than some 20 year olds. So it's doing something Yeah, like, um, it's having an impact on some way, but I also drink spring water uh, I, I try to breathe through my nose exclusively. Mm. Anyway, I, I'm, I just went down the whole rabbit hole and part of it was that. And so my main motivation really was just to get sunlight on my balls. That's all I wanted. And so I knew there was this, I knew there was I, this. No, I, I, I can't, I can't, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, we've been talking about, uh, creating a, uh, our own podcast right? right and like looking for names right. and i can't help but now thinking about sunlight on the balls like every time you're saying <laughs> that now <laughs> oh my gosh pardon <laughs> pardon my uh that 14 year old arrested development part of myself that still laughs every time i hear the word balls it's hilarious i it's think funny. it's funny i like that i like that part of you um, yeah, it just yeah, it shocks me because you just yeah. be talking, talking, and then it's the sunlight on my balls. <laughs> uh huh. It should be the name of this episode. I, I um, it might be. <laughs> yeah, sunlight uh, on my balls and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so so anyway, I just I I think I started to meditate in front of my window naked, and that was where I started. But then I found out that vitamin D doesn't actually travel through glass. So I was like, well, I have to actually go outside and do this and test it out and see, you know, if this improves my health and wellness or whatever. And just getting sunlight in general. And I was also doing the whole like cutting out seed oil. So, I mean, this is like a confession of my getting influenced by the algorithm. But funny enough, like I'm pleased with the influence because sure. there are things I've tried and my method is I'll, I'll try anything twice and I'll, I'll taste it. And if I don't like it, I'll spit it out. If I do like it, I'll get more. So I like to experiment and not speculate. So that's kind of how I think I, I have some kind of eject button from things that are snake oil is if I really feel they're doing nothing, I don't do it anymore. Mm. Um, and so I was feeling like it actually was doing something interesting that I liked to get sun on my balls. Like I felt like I did actually get some benefit from it. And then I just wanted to go do it outside. And so I wish I could remember the first time, but what you need to understand is there's been a huge journey of self-relating and healing that preceded my willingness to go do something like this. Um, and in addition to that, my body was rather fit at the time. 
even more fit than I am now. Like I had very, very little body fat and some would say I was kind of jacked at the time. Mm. So that I think made it even more supportive and easy for me to not be self-critical because I just felt really good and comfortable with my, with my body in that way. And, um, and so I think I just went down there and I think I was, yeah, the first year I did it, I was just doing flash. Like I would go get 15 minutes naked and leave this beach. And I would just find a spot pretty much by myself away from people. And I just tried to do it daily, just get that sunlight that I could. And there was some stuff going on there and there was some partying and I would see people and like, it's a, it's a beach where there's a lot of people in the, the queer community, um, LGBTQIA plus whatever, um, that are all there. And, and so there's a lot of people that are really there trying to mend their relationship to their body and feel comfortable around other people because of different experiences that people have had. A lot of the people that are there are trans and they get, um, I've heard them share their stories recently. They tried to build a park at our nude beach, uh, or a playground and tons of people came and spoke and shared how the beach had really restored their connection to their body and been one of the only places that they feel safe in their body. A lot of trans people were talking about that. Um, but anyway, for me, it was just like, I was just kind of on the periphery for that first year. And so I got this exposure to it over time. And I think at first I was really anxious and nervous about being naked, despite everything I've set up to this, I still had resistance to it because it's just such a weird thing to do. And then the second year I started, I started much earlier because I wanted to get back into the sunlight as soon as possible. So it was probably February or March. I would just go down there and just be alone, completely alone there. And that was great because I could be naked there, but I was the only one doing it because there was sunlight, but it was cold as hell. So I would just have like a puffy jacket on. I would just be laying on that. And then the early season, there was only a handful of people. There was like three or four people that I would encounter, but I became friends with them. Um, I became friends with them because we could just sit there and talk. And then the summer kind of started to hit and all of a sudden, like just, I would just lay there and just be there. And all of these people slowly started kind of organizing around me. And I realized the nudity is a bridge it creates intimacy because everyone's being vulnerable everyone's here in this very vulnerable uh position with each other and it creates kind of an equanimity it creates kind of a a cohesion and a it's a we're all in this thing together and we're all here in our bodies and they're all different and there's you know i'm a pretty average guy uh in the pants and there's a lot of dudes down there that come down there with huge dicks because they're more comfortable because they have a huge dick <laughs> to be naked than guys who are more average. Um, but it, even that, even that comparison of like worrying about like dick size or looking at that starts to just melt away and it becomes more about just being with each other. And I started to just develop all these friends and all these people. And I created this like, really important community for me is um just these uh these people and i i almost think like when you're one of the guys down there who doesn't have a huge shower you're almost more respected because there's more confidence required 
to go down and be that guy, which is me. And so, um, yeah, I think I just, that was kind of how it happened. And pretty soon I just became extremely comfortable with my body and I became extremely comfortable with being naked and extremely connected and, and happy to be around other people without really any much more self-confident self-consciousness. And I think as a result, it just developed more and more confidence in the fact that we're all people and we're all humans and we all have these bodies and they're all kind of hilarious and funny and unique in their own ways. And, um, yeah, it was just a really powerful place and, uh, it's been a powerful place. And it, it was one of the first places that I really, there's been two places where I've managed to get real quality community out of Seattle or maybe three, but, um, is, is this nude beach and then the gym and then my Gestalt therapy training community. I've made some really good friends there. And again, that the, the therapy training is also a place where when it's at its best, people are fully revealing and showing up and being themselves. And I guess that's kind of the the core to what, where, where I've ended up in my, my thinking about this stuff. Yeah. Um, it's, it seems like vulnerability is kind of a key element in what you've been talking about there. And so to kind of go back to what kicked all of it off, you were talking about the areas of your life that you would want to be able to show superiority in. And so would you say that your ability to be vulnerable, to show up and be authentic is one of the things that you've worked on, like your squats? Yeah. Yeah. It's it to me, it maybe is one of my highest values as a person. Um, it's one of the things that I crave in my relationships with others. And it's actually becoming a uh, mandatory for me. Like mm. I won't maintain a relationship with someone beyond something very surface, which is fine. Life requires that to have surface connections where you can treat people with dignity, respect, and kindness, but I don't wish to bring them into my inner circle. The kind of the, the ability to at least have some level of awareness to start showing up with authenticity and, and being yourself is what I really organize around and what I, I aim to include in my life as much as possible is people that are able to do that. So that I don't feel like I'm walking on eggshells or hiding or being inauthentic to myself. And I think, you know, tying this back remotely to infants on thrones and, and, and Mormonism is I just spent too much time sacrificing myself for belonging in Mormonism to be able to tolerate really doing that much anymore in my life to any degree more than I have to. It's why I work for myself. It's why I, uh, go to nude beaches and and I do things that are where people are showing up doing what they can and being who they are. So for a person squatting, you know, and and actually, you know, just to bring this back to that is I see people squatting no weight at all, hardly. And I also have respect for them because they're in their process showing up, being authentic, doing what they can do. And all of us are along that journey. So it's not like how liberated are you as much as it's, are you showing up and being real as much as you're able? And are you tracking and observing and trying to connect? And that's the thing that for me is, is what I am attempting to surround myself with is people doing that musicians, athletes, nudists, gestalt therapists, doesn't matter what I care about is, or what I'm drawn to the most is people who are 
real motherfuckers who aren't fucking faking it, who are alive and real and being who they are. And that's, oh, comedy is another area where I'm massively drawn to comedy because I feel it's one of the areas where people are sacrificing sacred cows in the service of being able to be who and whatever they want. And the only goal is to say what's funny, not what's right. And I respect the hell out of that. I like it when people are willing to do whatever it takes to make the joke and be funny instead of trying to be righteous or virtue signal or get in group status through, you know, the right opinions. It's, it's so much more badass when people are just showing up and saying the horrible, ridiculous thoughts that they have that we all have, you know, that's the humanity in it. So you're talking about authenticity. You're talking about your your ability to respect people that just show up for being just show up by being real. They're not pretentious. They're not fake. And they can be scared or shy because that's real too. I, yeah. I want to be clear. It's not just people who have this highly developed sense of self and can say everything and be totally aware. It's like maybe all you can do is what I did last night after our performance. My teacher wanted me to try to play a, a jazz standard I didn't know. And I got up and I played root notes very simply. And that's all I could really do jamming with these other people. And everyone loved it because I was doing what I could to the best of my ability to be there. Um, and that's what they respect. And they, they welcomed me in on. I guess it's being, being you wherever you are and, and growing that, but not. Yeah. And, and, and I guess there's some part of this. It's like, Maybe where someone's at is playing some game they're stuck in and they're bottlenecked at how aware they are so that they can have more options. And I, I guess that's true. And I, but yeah, I guess I, well, what I, I say to them is I wish you well on your journey. It's, I just, I don't have a sense that you're bad or I need to degrade you or judge you, but I'm doing something else here. And I, there's other people that can do what I like to do and I'd rather hang out and prioritize them for now. So tell me about this journey that you're making reference to. Um, and let's frame it in your own life, uh, the journey from Mormonism through Mormonism to where you are right now. Uh, what, what are, what are the obstacles that you had? What, what are the obstacles to earlier Josh that wasn't as fill in the blank, enlightened, whatever word you want to use yeah, as you are I'm now enlightened, but, uh, I definitely am more integrated, um, integrated with what do you mean? Parts... Tell me what you mean by integrated. Well, I'm more able to tolerate and acknowledge my own shadow, like my own propensity for things that aren't necessarily um, what we think about when we think about um, what people generally like to organize around their identity. Like, for example, my own cowardice, my own, um, my own moments of betrayal to myself when I wanted to do something different than I did my own fears, my own insecurities, my own, um, my own jealousies and pettiness and my, um, all those things that, that are part of the human experience that normally previously I wouldn't have been able to feel tolerant of. I've developed enough of a self-relationship and an ability to be responsible for myself that 
I'm able to manage those experiences better than I was before. And I'm able to acknowledge that those are part of my experience, that I'm not just trying to be righteous all the time, but I'm aware that I'm, I feel shame and humiliation and uh, insecurity and pettiness and jealousy. And um, I feel self-doubt and, that's what allows me the the integrating and connecting and being able to bear and tolerate who I am. One thing that was extremely difficult for me to come to terms with, but it was so healing for me, was to acknowledge how much there is a part of me that wants my dad's approval mm -hmm. and I want his love and I want him to be proud of me. And I've been so hurt by him and so misunderstood by him that even being able to acknowledge that I still want his approval and love, it's like, I feel disgusted by that part of me, but being able to love that part of me and recognize and take that part of me back in was so sustaining and healing. And so that's one example of what I mean by integrating is really learning to be more observant and accepting of all of the different parts of me, which as a result, allow me to show up more as I am without being reactive to what emerges within me. You know, like I'll think of demented thoughts that might be funny that I would want to say that would be a joke or I might have an impulse to do something, but I don't have to do it. Or I have anger and I have, you know, just all those things. And, and so it's well, those. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Let, let me, but yeah. Give, give, give me, give me a spot here where I can jump in, fin finish up your thought. Cause I got, I got a couple of questions for you. Basically what allowed me to be more where I am is more confronting the total reality of my life experience yeah, and being able to support myself to be in relationship with it without reacting or trying to make myself different. So I do want my dad's love. I do want him to be proud of me. There's a part of me that desperately wants to feel safe and loved by him. And there's a lot of experience trying to get that and it backfiring horribly and then a massive result of trying to erase that part of me or hating that part of me and being able to acknowledge all of those things has let me be more who I am in a way that allows me to show up because I have more I can be more responsible and acknowledging of the total ability of seeing myself as I am and forgiving and learning to reorient around whatever my experience is that's what's supported my development to show up and be authentic and real with people yeah. is doing that self-work. So I, I, I want to restate what I think I'm hearing because you're talking about integration, which I love integration as, as, as a, as a concept, the way yeah. that I understand it, you're, you're looking at as many parts of yourself as you're aware of and you're accepting and you're tolerant and it doesn't mean that you like all of these parts because for example there's this part of you that wants validation from your dad and you there's a, there's the part of you that hates the part of you that <laughs> wants uh that and there's there's the part of you that feels pain that you don't have it and and from misunderstanding and 
if you focused only on those parts, you might think, I need to, I need to heal this. I need to erase this. I need to get rid of either the desire, like I don't need my dad's love or I don't know. But that's not what you're saying. You're saying, mm -hmm. I'm not trying to change these things that I don't like. I'm accepting that they're there and they're a part of all of this thing. And it's not like I'm thinking, I need this to go away in order to have tranquility. It's I'm going to have tranquility because this is how things are. And I'm accepting that completely. And so, so integration isn't necessary, necessarily like eliminating or changing the things that you don't like. That right. might be a part of like a process of growth that happens, but right. you are in being integrated, you're accepting the parts of you that otherwise you would say, oh, no, 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 I, I don't, it doesn't matter to me what my dad thinks about me. No, that, that I, it shouldn't, no, it shouldn't. So it doesn't. And you're yeah. in denial about that. Exactly. Yeah. So maybe the scale that we're creating here without really like directly creating it is the integration scale. How much oh. can you tolerate of who you are? How, how, I mean, it would be really hard to do an integration skill. Like how aware are you of the things you're unaware of? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, that's the, that's the, that's the trick. That's why I have a job, you know? Um, yeah. It's uh, there's things that just happen that, that there's no other word for it other than grace, because the thing I shared about my dad there were so many different people at different times that have just loved me when I was annoying, when I was obnoxious, when I was needy, when I was whatever, you know, um, as a young kid. And there's been so many things that just happen to be there. And it makes sense to me, phrases like, by the grace of God, go I. And I know it could have been a different thing. And I could have been any different iteration of me if there were less of these moments of grace that came into my life where things gave me what I needed to to get something functioning better than it would have been if, if I hadn't had those moments of love come into my life. And then my own process in relating to them and using them to develop in a healthier way, some kind of gravity or instinct or, or divinity within that used them and took advantage of them. And the moment when I had that realization and I was finally able to confront and accept how much I ached and was, there's like this small little boy that is inside that just wants my dad to love him, that wants my father's love and wants him to be so admiring and proud of me. There's a part of me that aches for that. And I was just high out of my mind biking around Lake Washington and around Mercer Island specifically. And I was coming home and I just sat on off of my bike and I sat down and ugly cried for like 15 minutes. And I acknowledged this part of me that I had just fucking completely rejected that I would never acknowledge. I would never let myself want his approval because I was so angry at him. Right. I was so fucking yeah. pissed off about how much hurt has happened between my attempts to get him to be different than he is and love me in the way that I need and 
and give me any of the things that he never gave me or was never able to give me. And that moment was not something I premeditated or even knew would happen. It happened because my brain fired off in some way with collaborating with weed plus working out plus all of the mystical things that happened in my life previous to this that gave me enough support to slip into that thought tunnel that went down into that and I and therapy that I've had and therapists that have helped me do inner child work that kind of gave me some modeling for how to think about myself in this way which I don't believe in but I also believe as a tool is a useful tool and creative method for exploring yourself and it basically helped me see this little Josh that just wanted to be loved and that I had ignored and pushed away and and hidden from and so seeing that he was there and then seeing my reaction to that part of me and the disgust and shame and 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 protectiveness that I have that had kind of encapsulated around me that I don't need him for anything or whatever you know like all those walls came down and I just was like I see you dude I really see you and I acknowledge the humiliation the shame the disgust and the hurt and the longing and the desire to just be yeah fully loved by your dad in this safe comfortable way that you've very rarely if ever been able to get and that was a huge pivotal moment of 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 being able to observe take in and be responsible and loving to all the different parts of me that are in there and that's what i think about of like integration and yeah. There's many different areas of my life where I've done different pieces of work for myself and I've been witnessed by others and I've had gestalt therapy group trainings, which facilitated things to happen in the larger, in a larger group setting of group kind of therapy experience that just kind of brought me to more places of, of, of healing and wellness and, and support. So for years I've had different things kind of providing yeah, it's like I think of the parable of the sower, which is all the seeds keep getting thrown and some get begin and get choked up and some get eaten by birds and some fall into unfertile land and some blossom and, and grow fruit and some blossom and it's like a thousand fold. And so it's like all these little graces in my life and things I've done and ways I've related and between the two. And then there's the moments where everything clicks and it's just like... And then the fruits come. So that's kind of been my experience of it. Did you freeze? Oh, no, you just paused. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just done. I was just thinking about my dad. Thinking about his. Um... I was thinking about where am I at, you know. I think what I learned from that was that there's the ability to take responsibility for my needs and love myself in a way that I wanted him to love me through being responsible and caring and forgiving and kind to myself. That's let me first take the responsibility of loving myself through action and service to myself, which has resulted in me learning to like myself. And as a result of liking myself, I've come to actually respect myself. Yeah. 
And that's why I can go to a nude beach because I like me a lot. I don't really care as much what other people fucking think. Right. Yeah. I'm, And, I'm more worried about whether I like them and, and <laughs> this, if they like me. And this, this goal of in integration and the goal of tranquility that you have through your stoic uh, ethos yeah. are really compatible. And if, if you're, if you're in, if you're unable to uh, recognize and accept these parts of yourself, you're not fully integrated. Yeah. And I don't know if anyone has ever fully integrated. Right. I think we're always integrating and different Yes. things can happen at different times. And so it's more about peace in the journey where you are. And it's, it, this stuff comes, you know, Christianity, there's so many things that pop up to me that I actually just, I, I reflect on. I'm like, Jesus was so cool. Cause the idea of salvation and salvation now to me is accurate. Once you are on a process that is the correct process for you, you're, you're saved in the sense that it's not the outcome that you're waiting for to get deliverance. It's the process provides the salvation already. And once engaged in the process, then you're good. And the journey will be what the journey is. You're going to encounter um, different, different setbacks, you know, and, and I, as much as I want to believe, like I'm, I'm trying to be as as practiced in my stoicism as possible. I absolutely know there are things that I'm attached to that would be, I would see as bad if I lost them, which is not the stoic practice, but it's the folly Yeah. of the flesh. And, and I have to work to deal with those. And then I'm a practicing stoic by working to deal with them. I'm so much enjoying my current relationship with my girlfriend it's been so absolutely just i don't know i don't even know how to put it into words it's it's perfect for me it's so fucking perfect for me and it's one of the things i think of as one of just a grace and just a beautiful divine grace that it's in my life doing what it's doing for me and I'm highly attached to it. Yeah. The idea that if it were lost, I would be okay is, um, is not something I can really function with. You know, Yeah. I, I don't believe that that's not how I feel. Yeah. So then it's about practicing that and realizing like every library book can be returned and I'm loving this book a lot. And, uh, If it comes to be returned sooner than I want, then I'll deal with that then. But for the moment, I have it. And so I'm enjoying it. And Yeah. I guess that's how I'm practicing it. Nice. So so to to wrap up today, Josh, what what do you think of the idea of actually creating a scale like the Mormon cred scale, but something that is more along the lines of what we've talked about here, focusing on integration or not? Is that something that has any appeal to you? <laughs> Looking Well, at I think the expression we, on your face. yeah, I look, I probably looked like I was in pain. Um, it's like, I just think like to create a sophisticated tool like that would be an enormous undertaking from just a psychological perspective, from like Yes. my, my background in, in psychology and, and psychotherapy to do something like that would be, well, first off, just very reductionistic to the whole project. And maybe that's the point, but it also just The would the point be. is the point is engagement with listeners to stimulate their minds <laughs> Well, and then we and could probably to come encourage up with something. self 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 reflection and self discovery. Yeah, you know, like how much are you okay with 
if you shit your pants like how would that be for you <laughs> yeah, right. like like on a scale of one to ten like how shame how much shame do you think you'd feel versus none you yeah know? um there's probably a way to tongue-in-cheek do it that's funny but i kind of like it having its edge in pomposity which is like basically seeing like almost like an enlightened hippie guru scale which is like this modern kind yes. of spirituality yeah. that's coming that to me would be hilarious and right funny. yeah yeah because yeah. it's almost like playing with that there's egoism in this like spiritual realm of like people that yeah. are all doing their almost like doing journeys. it tongue-in-cheek how much ayahuasca have you done? That would be funny. Like, yeah. so what I'm more on is like, what I would want to develop with you is basically like a hippie and yeah. yeah. uh new age, Gen Z millennial healing journey person. Like, and that, that to me could be funny and just let people rank themselves. Is it like, the woke cred scale? It probably isn't woke in my mind because that's a different one, but that also could be interesting, but it would so, be more. We, we need to have this conversation at some point because I think woke yeah. means something a little different to you than it means to me. And yes, I don't know yes, yes, where we're does. at on that. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It does. It means very different things. And probably to our listeners, there's probably lots of different relationships to that word. Yeah. Um, But what's funny to me, which is cropping up in the world, which mirrors Mormonism more is some of these people that are in their like in the realm of the stuff that I even am into, but they're they're true believers of it. Mm -hmm. And so getting like shamanic cred scale, like how how many um uh divine spirit guides have you encountered? Right. Uh how much ayahuasca have you done? Or uh, or psilocybin or how, ketamine how, or yeah. How many times have you gone? gone to costa rica and done a cacao ceremony <laughs> like there's so many things i could think of that would just be funny to do tongue-in-cheek about like um the modern new age hippie vibe that's happening around the like retreat world and drugs and uh yeah See, anyway. but I, and i love that stuff i freaking love it and i, I want to skewer it too like yeah. the the um oh. Oh, I just lost my train of thought. Yeah, but I, it, it's it's one of my favorite. Oh, it, it's it's why at the beginning of Infants on Thrones, the the uh, little introduction, there's that Alan Watts quote that says, "I like magical toys. I don't believe in them." <laughs> you know, that's I I just love all these things. Uh, yeah. You know, crystals and pulling cards and astrology and just all of these different languages and modes of uh expressing it's like a a, a rorschach ink blot that's a kaleidoscope made up of all of these different ways of symbolizing reality that like how do you integrate all of those <laughs> to, to be like i can accept all of these different ways that people are trying to understand something that is so uh just impossible to understand uh, and all we're really ever doing is defining the limitations of our ability to perceive things. Right. And there's this like thing that we're talking about too, which is like ego and, yeah. uh, and, and authenticity and the oh, It would be funny to like have a yeah. cred scale of how far away, like, have you shed your ego? I want like a gym bro <laughs> one, which is how much money did you spend on creatine last year? How mm. many how many days did you miss going to the gym that you planned on going? Um, how many PRs have you had 
in your life on what what's your bench press like there's funny things you could do for like a bro gym bro cred scale like how much of a gym Oh, bro you want are to do you it. Oh, I didn't hear that part. The gym no bro no i'm cred just scale introducing you want to do. this Yeah. now Yeah, i'm just yeah. introducing it. i just brought Yeah. it up but like that would be there's a lot of hilarious like actual things you could ask about it like Yeah. what's your uh measured circumference of your bicep <laughs> uh um how much do you deadlift I, i'm just trying to think like cred scales that would just be funny That's um pretty niche to people that uh, live in that world, though. Like that wouldn't do well anything so is for more me. so is mormonism but Yeah, true. it's 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 gonna be niche for whatever we we pick you know Yeah. but there's musicians too obviously but i mean how many times have you sunned your butthole <laughs> how much how many minutes of sunlight has been on your butthole that would be a great one um <laughs> i just i'm just thinking of like yeah ridiculous stuff uh Anyway, I'm sure we can discuss more about All eight right. different cred scales, but then there's just our discussion today, which is literally about authenticity versus wanting some kind of like system to give you clout. It's kind Um, of like sunlight on the balls. Yeah. Uh, just like as a metaphor for just like, I, 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 although the butthole is probably better when you get into the. How much sunlight have you? It probably is better in the sense that it, it charges up your, your anal chakra. Right. And, and the, uh, what, what did you talk about last week? The, <laughs> uh, the, uh, anal retentiveness, yeah you yeah know, yeah like that yeah development, yeah childhood development right stage of feeling right disgusting. right which is what yeah we're talking about today in a way is again but yeah as far i think just to kind of put a bow on it for me based on our topics today and where the conversation ended up going glenn is just when there's a cred scale wanted or some kind of way of doing that, it's about getting a title or status or clout. And then on the other hand, for me uh, in polarity to that way that people want status and recognition and honor, which is more of the ego, there's on the other hand, authenticity, integration, acceptance, and being and demonstrating self versus demanding credit for what the what how you think about yourself and so that's what i think is the interesting topic that we've really explored today is this polarity of being versus being and being authentic and ego and and wanting to be given credit for some kind of uh for some kind of ego stuff you know some kind of like call me your majesty because this or whatever, or I'm a doctor, don't you know who I am kind of energy. Um, and on the other hand, it's just, here's what I'm capable of doing. And I'm chill with that. And this is, I don't, I don't overly identify with any of it, but it just is what I'm capable of and, and, and other things. Um, this is how my body is at this time in my existence, you know? Um, and then cred scales, which are fun. People like them, you Yeah. know? So Maybe we should set up our own merit badge system and our own Boy Scout system where people can just get merit badges and then they can just have them. I So, like that. I think yeah. that's a I think that's a an, an additional idea. Yeah. So instead of the I cred like that. scale, we we recreate like a, a No, 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 not instead of in addition in to. 
in addition to, yeah. and then they can they can they can advance to tenderfoot, yeah. second class, first class, and then, <laughs> uh, yeah, ways to get external validation from yes. a system that appraises you and gives you feedback. Scale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, we'll do it. All right, we'll get to work on that. Put down the weapons that you use against yourself. You don't need them anymore. Lay down the weapons that you use against the world. We don't need another war. Put down the weapons that you use against yourself. You Hi, this is Hillary. Matthew Ryan. Carol Dashley. And I like to play bingo online while listening to Infants on Thrones. You can comment on this episode on the website, infantsonthrones.com. And if you really like what you hear, Give the quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. I did. I did. Anyone for the closing prayer? My worst crime is an inside job. Dark thoughts taking over like an inside mob. I tune into the scene between the eyes and take a breath. Thank you for listening to Infants on Front. I sit still and watch the thoughts flow past me. Never mind the future, never mind what the past be. I like to jump and let the universe catch me. Three, four, watch the beauty blow past me. I keep my pockets like destination in sight. Keep my actions elevated to compassionate heights. I'm walking past the fight, laying down on such a night. Choosing love when I pick up this night.